I'm not 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday, Som Gedalia morning, the first JM in the AM of 5779. A happy, healthy, and sweet new year to everybody. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Come on, let us out. I said, Shuvah. I said, Shuvah. 
J.M. in the A.M. Comes from uh, Yehuda Green, Shmakalena, off of his brand new Nishamala album here at J.M. in the A.M. Boy, that sounds awfully loud, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Shim Kramer before that, the uh, Yamim Narayim selection that we know as uh, Hanashamalach from Maslichus, which we, of course, are still saying now through uh, Yom Kippur. Uh, Shalshalas Jr. had Shema Kolenu. Leif Tahar was in there with Shema Kolenu. David Schlusselberg with his Shema Kolenu. Benny Friedman and Yeshiva Boys with their versions of Aviosim, words from the uh, Yamim Noroyim High Holiday Liturgy. Osim Chuva, that's uh, Yaakov Shweki, and of course Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday. It's Tzom Gedalia morning. I hope your fast is going fast so far. Uh, on this Wednesday, September the 12th of 2018, it's day three in the month of Tishrei, the year 5779, Tufshin Ayin Tess. Today is Tzom Gedalia. It's the fast of Gedalia. Traditionally, the day after uh, Rosh Hashanah. Hope your Yom Tov was uh, beautiful, wonderful, incredible. Um... I want to thank the new Springville Jewish Center for the 35th consecutive year. I had the uh, privilege of leading services there in Staten Island, New York. Really an amazing crowd and a bunch of wonderful people, and I thank them very, very much. 73 degrees outside with 94% humidity. Winds are north at 2 miles per hour. Scattered thunderstorms today with a high temperature of... Of 79, then tonight, cloudy skies, a low 71. Tomorrow, cloudy skies and a high temperature for Thursday, 78 degrees. Right now, Yerushalayim is at 87. We're at 73 here in New York City on a Wednesday morning. Tzom Gedalia at JM in the AM, our first JM in the AM broadcast of 5779. I thank everybody out there for participating and being part of this amazing audience. We continue with plenty more at 19 minutes before 7 o'clock. It's David Gabe with a song entitled Osim Chuva at JM in the AM. Your boy, they are feeling noisy in Shuba. Your boy, be 
Maybe the Mazin, Mahabitu, Makshiv, Likoy, Likoy, Tekiyo. 
A.B. Rottenberg and Company, off of Leiv HaNefesh, volume number two, with Areshes Vasenu. Before that, Mordechai ben David, Hayom Haras, Barosh Hashanah, done by Dveikas, David Gabe with Osim Tshuva, inscribed, and Daikolotova. Shema Koleinu was by Yehuda Green and his brand new Nishamala album. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web, and AlchemSingle.com, on the AlchemSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Salam Gedalia morning. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JMN. Galay Tzal, Asha Ashtayim, Shalom Rav, Kan Rani Ofnai, Ima Shekorei Akshav. פרישה נוספת בוועדה למינוי בכירים בשירות הציבורי. יעקב נגל, שכיהן כראש המטה לביטחון לאומי, מצטרף לנסיעת לשכת רואי החשבון הנכנסת, איריס שטארק, שהתפטרה הבוקר מחברותה בוועדה. כתבנו הפוליטי, מיכאל האוזר טוב. 
בעקבות הצו שניתן בבג"ץ בשבוע שעבר, המקפיא את עבודת הוועדה שאמורה לאשר את מינוי הרמטכ"ל והמפכ"ל הבאים, זאת בשל החשש של ניגוד עניינים וקרבה לראש הממשלה מצד חבריה נגל ושטארק, הודיעו כעת השניים כי הם מעוניינים לפרוש מתפקידם. במכתב שנשלח, כתב יעקב נגל, במשך למעלה מ-40 שנות שירותיי צברתי נכס אחד מרכזי והושמיע טוב, לא דבק ברבב, אבל מתחולל כאן מחול שדים אבסורדי, לכן אבקש לשחרר אותי מהמינוי. תמונה באינסטגרם הובילה למעצר חשוד בדקירה במועדון בתל אביב בשבוע שעבר. כתבתנו מוריה אסרף. צעיר מנתניה חשוד שדקר שני אנשים בקטטה בתל אביב ונעצר בעזרת עדת ראייה שזוהתה בתמונה בחשבון האינסטגרם של אחד המעורבים באירוע. בנוסף נעצר עובד במועדון בן 41 בחשד לשיבוש הליכי חקירה. הוא שוחרר מאוחר יותר למעצר בית. החשוד בדקירה יובא היום לדיון בעניין המשך מעצרו. הדוח של האו"ם קובע משטר אסד תקף שלוש פעמים בסוריה באמצעות נשק קימי השנה. כתבתנו יערה גמי חורי. על פי הדוח שפורסם היום, שלוש המתקפות בוצעו השנה על ידי כוחות אסד. המשטר הסורי השתמש בכלור נשק קימי אסור באזור מורדים בפרברי דמשק וגם במחוז אידליב. חוקרי זכויות אדם מטעם האו"ם אמרו שהמתקפות נחשבות פשעי מלחמה, ובסך הכל, על פי הערכות, מאז 2013, ממשלת סוריה ביצעה 39 מתקפות בנשק קימי במדינתה. פועל בן 44 נפגע באורח בינוני מחפץ כבד שנפל עליו באתר בנייה סמוך לצומת חנניה שבגליל. כתבנו קובי מנדל מעדכן שצוות מד"א פינה אותו לבית החולים זיו, שהוא סובל מחבלות באגן ובגפיים. הקרב על החלב הסתיימה ללא הכרעה פגישה בין שר האוצר כחלון והיועץ המשפטי לממשלה מנדלבליט. המדינה אמורה להשיב מחר על העתירה שהגישה תנובה בנוגע לסירוב כחלון לחתום על הצו המייקר את מוצרי החלב המפוקחים. הבוקר הבאנו בגלי צה"ל מדברי כחלון שאומר למקורביו, היד שלי לא תחתום על עליית מחירי חלב שמטרתה האמיתית להעלות את כלל מחירי המזון. מחאת הנכים, שיירת מכוניות עושה דרכה לירושלים ומאטה את התנועה בכביש מספר 1. אייל כהן, מתנועת הנכים הופכים לפנתרים, קורא לממשלה להגדיל את קצבאות הנכות. המאבק לא ידעך ולא ייפסק עד שלא יחזרו לשבת איתנו לשולחן דיונים, וזה ימשיך לכל מיני כיוונים שונים, ולכי יחליף, עד שיקבלו את ההחלטה לשבת איתנו ולפתור את הבעיה. לממשלה נוח להתעלם מהבעיה של האוכלוסייה המוחלשת, אז אנחנו מעוררים אותם כל פעם בצורה אחרת. לקוחות הבנקים שילמו ב-2017 24 שקלים ו-60 אגרות בחודש ממוצע על ניהול חשבון עובר ושב והחזקת כרטיסי אשראי. זו ירידה של 20 אגרות בלבד ביחס לתקופה הקודמת. בבנק ישראל מציינים שעלות ניהול חשבון עובר ושב פחתה בזכות המעבר לביצוע פעולות באמצעים ישירים ולא באמצעות בנקאים. עם זאת, הירידה התקזזה בשל עלייה במספר כרטיסי האשראי שמחזיקים הלקוחות. מזג האוויר חם מהרגיל, מחר ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שערך ניתאי ענבי.
J.M. in the A.M. Shana Tova is right. The Maccabees, the book of good life, of course, here on a J.M. the A.M. Tzom Gedalia morning, our very first broadcast of 5779. Can you imagine the Nachum Single Network in full swing on this Wednesday, September the 12th, day three in the month of Tishrei. Good morning again, the brand new year, 5779. Here we are with the Maccabees. Before that, Shim Kramer and Hamol. You heard Barosh done by Shlomo Katz off of Yismach Melech here at J.M. In the AM. Hope everyone's doing fine and dandy out there. Thanks for joining us. Slichas, of course, continues through Yom Kippur. And um, trying to think what else. Slichas through Yom Kippur. And we are here, of course, uh, through a regular schedule every day next week except Wednesday, every day the week after except Monday and Tuesday, and every day the week after that except Monday and Tuesday. So when it's not Yuntiv, you're with us each and every morning and each and every day right here on NSN and, of course, JM in the AM. 16 minutes after 7 o'clock, we continue with Derek Achim. You know we're heading to Johannesburg at the end of October. One of the things we're looking forward to is having Derek Achim live with us on air. Here they are at JM in the AM.
a.m. Wednesday morning with Avraham Atzavim Freedom Achnisei Rachamim. Words from uh, Slichas, of course, here at J.M. in the a.m. Uh, before that one, you heard the uh, Shemayim selection, Pitchuli, done by ha- ba- Shemayim did Pitchuli from the album Hamer La'aretz. Derech Achim had Mayim Rabim. Again, we are heading to Johannesburg, as you know, end of October. A Jewish Unity Initiative, and uh, we look forward. We have not yet formally invited them, but we are looking forward to hopefully meeting up for a live performance on the air with Derech Achim. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll inform them at some point. That's our intention. I want to thank those who are commenting on the app this morning. Hello to Aryeh. Hello to uh, M.H. Dauber, who's in Chicago, it seems. Hello to Danielle who's asking for some Miami selections, and we'll try to get to that, of course. Uh, today is a Tzom. Today is a fast day. Today is Tzom Gedalia. And uh, we are, I believe, based on what I've just been informed, we are giving our my Goldwasser the day off today. Okay. Uh, very first day of 5779 for us, first JMN broadcast, and our Goldwasser is uh, getting the day off. Well-deserved to say the least. More coming up. You're listening to a Wednesday morning Tzomgedalia edition of JM in the AM.
Jam in the AM, that is the uh, Rosh Hashanah number two uh, medley off of Welcome Back Yom Tov here at Jam in the AM. Wednesday morning broadcast on this Tzom Gedalia. Hope your fast is going well and going fast at this point. You're listening to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored 
digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com on the NahumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Our first JMN broadcast of 5779. Wishing everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet new year from all of us here at JM in the AM.
There we go. JM in the AM at um, Miami Boys Choir. Yiva Rechacha here on a Som Gedalia Wednesday morning here at JM in the AM. Wishing everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. Our first JM in the AM broadcast of 5779. And we thank you for uh, for tuning in and being part of it and uh, making us part of your schedule for yet another year. 35 years we celebrated on well, let's see. Officially, um, we always say that our anniversary is Erev Rosh Hashanah because I started Erev Rosh Hashanah back in 1983. But this year, because this past Friday was the 7th of September, and it was that day, the 7th of September, 1983, that I began here at JM in the AM. Uh, so we, we've been, yeah, we've been celebrating multiple days. <laughs> we had Friday as a celebration, Sunday, Erev Yontif, we made into a celebration. It's really been uh, incredible to look back and say that I've been doing this for 35 years, now the beginning of the 36th season, and I'm glad you're along for this amazing and incredible ride. Uh, well, many of you are aware of the uh, of the film, of the documentary entitled 93 Queen. Hasidic women, according to the press release, upend tradition by forming an all-female EMT Corps in 93 Queen. It will air, this documentary will air on PBS, according to the latest information we have, this coming Monday, September the 17th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Paula Eisolt's film portrays the challenges and eventual triumph of Hasidic Jewish women creating space for a new profession. Paula is with us live via telephone. She's an independent filmmaker, graduate of New York University's Tisch School of the Arts with a double major in film production and cinema studies. 93 Queen is her feature directorial debut. Her work's been supported by multiple projects and foundations. In 2017, 93 Queen won the top inaugural first look pitch prize at the Hot Docs Forum. She is uh, currently developing a New York Times op doc uh, on a Jewish identity, and she is with us live via telephone. Paula, Shana Tova to you, and welcome to JM in the AM. Shana Tova, thanks so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. This is as scheduled, correct? This will air this coming Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, on what we know as Channel 13? Correct. You got it. How'd you, uh, how'd you get PBS to be interested in this story? So the story of this film is almost like a film itself. Um, it took it took over five years to make, and at first, for about the first two years, you know, I was just shooting and shooting and um, largely alone. And um, and then you know, and nobody really wanted touch this because this was you know about Hasidic women it was about empowered Hasidic women it wasn't about um, people who were leaving the community it was about people who were staying <laughs> so that was you know not something that was necessarily popular um, but the folks at PBS um, I so basically there was this I it's called the IFP market and it happens once a year. It's actually happening next week. And it's where all industry, film industry, 
come to New York and you, there's tons of meetings and projects are selected and you meet with industry and 93 Cream was selected. That was like our first big like break that we were selected for this. And we sat down with ITVS, which is the funding arm of PBS, and, I, and we pitched the story mm. and they just loved it. And I was like, really? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, like you have to, um, you have to apply. So um, that is that is what I did. And usually, you know, with this specific funder, they're usually last money in, and they loved it so much that they were first money in and came in really big. And then all the other funding followed from there. I find it interesting, by the way, that you say those who leave Hasidic life are a better story usually or more attractive than those who are staying in Hasidic life. Yes, it's there is a stereotype out there, and especially um, in the secular world, in the art world, it's those. You know, the Hasidic community does not have a good reputation. Right. It, uh, it really does not. So part of, you know, why I wanted to make this film is is to shatter a lot of those stereotypes and to show a more human face of, of the Hasidic community, which is largely um, very much demonized um, in the media. And, you know, when I was, we'll probably get to this, but when I was talking to Rookie and the women, um, I said to them, there's like, a, there's a cycle going on here. You know, the community is, is very insular, no doubt about it. Um, and, and media is really pretty taboo there. Secular media is shut out. So what happens is because nobody allows secular media to come in, stories are told for this community and then they largely are from an outsider perspective and are very negative and then the community sees only negative stories and says look you know they hate us so why should we let them in and right. it's like this cycle and i said let's break it you know let's let's show them something else uh paula eiseld is with us director of the uh movie 93 queen uh so let me go back based on the timetable you alluded to earlier in this conversation uh this ezra's nushim has been around longer than i think you first became aware of them in 2013. Yes. And at that at point, first, at that point, what were they up to? They had just been certified by by New York State to operate. And, and you know, they weren't ready to operate at all, but they they had to go to to begin to train and form and and do that. And I, I saw the article actually on Bose's Nice. I was <laughs> perusing for fun, and I, I came across this little blurb about a group of Hasidic women um, who were starting this all-female ambulance corps because Hatsela, you know, does not allow women. And two things struck me. The first was that Hatsela does not allow women. I grew up in a neighborhood with Hatsela. It never occurred to me that women were banned. So that was really um, upsetting to me. And the second was here were a group of Hasidic women who were saying, we're not going to take no for an answer. They're not letting us in. We will find a way in ourselves. And I thought that was really empowering. And what were they up to at that point? I mean, what, did they have? What, how many volunteers did they have at that point in the organization? So they were training. They, 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 there was a, when I first came on, they were recruiting. Um, but there were definitely at least, you know, a good 40 women who were you know, actively involved in this. You have any clue what the statistics are today? How many are involved or if they're active or very active when it comes to... to... I don't have... I, I can't give an exact number, but it's around 50. And and are they very active, meaning that, you know, women in the community know that they're... And it's amazing. I don't know more about this. 
women in the community know that they're available and that they can be called 24 hours a day? Yes, they're they're fully operational and running. We actually just won um, both New York State and New York City EMS Award of the Year in 2017. They're honored, and um, they're looking to get an ambulance right now. So they're looking to expand. Um, it's expanding outside the Hasidic community um, to other communities to include all women. So it's really like a little mini revolution going on. All right. Now, um, i got to be – well, careful is the wrong word. I have to be respectful because uh, I can imagine how many people over the years I've met that work with Hatsala, and we know what kind of uh, sterling reputation they have in the community. Mm-hmm. Um uh, nonetheless, with that in mind, or knowing the way things work in the Hasidic community, um, I, I think when efforts like this, and I'm trying to think of a good example, I cannot think of one now, I think when efforts like this have been undertaken in the past, um, uh, the, those who are entrenched in the years-long uh, traditions of the community usually are effective in keeping out the newcomers. You get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. It doesn't seem like that happened this time. Well, I think that's exact, that is what happened. They kept out newcomers. No, right? no, I, no I, meaning I know they kept out women, meaning that if a new organization like this forms, uh, the old guard would do everything in their power to make sure it really would not form, and very often they'd be successful. Am I wrong? Oh, right, yes. They would make sure that they, that they will not have the competition. Right. Yes. And... and Mm-hmm. And 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 these women are living in that community, meaning these women are trying to affect that change from within, essentially, and somehow against what I would call the stereotypical uh, manner in which these things usually play out. They are successful. Yes, they are. They they completely beat the odds, um, and they're they're fully operational and, and fully running. And, and you know, but it it came with a lot of you know, a lot of opposition and a lot of hard work because, as you said, you know, the powers that be and, and the old guard simply would not let them in and tried everything in their power to prevent them um, from succeeding and still today oppose oppose them. And, you know, in terms of Hasela, I'll, you know, personally say Hasela is an amazing organization. They're, they're a life-saving, you know, Ambulance. Literally, this, is, literally. this is a great. This is a great, great organization. This isn't, you know, what we're dealing with here. Um, however, it's and, and the average Hasala guy, and I've met many, are very supportive of this. Right. You know, um, we've actually had some Hasala members come to screenings and just to show their support and say, like, the leadership does not represent us, and it's really the leadership that's the problem, not the average member. Because the leadership in Borough Park slash Williamsburg really control policy for every Hatzella in the entire U.S. So even in more modern neighborhoods like Riverdale, Upper West Side, Five Towns, women are still not allowed, even though those neighborhoods probably would ha- would not have a problem with it. But they have to abide by these rules um, in, in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, and that's that's where the problem lies. Yeah. Um, uh, Paula Eisolt's with us. She's the, um, uh, she's the director of 93 Queen. A lot of people in this audience have already seen it, by the way. You showed it in Teaneck and other places. A lot of people have already seen it. PBS shows it this coming Monday night, everybody. Uh, yeah, set the DVR, Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Channel 13. Um, 
what I'm trying to get at, <laughs> and maybe maybe when I see the documentary, it'll shed more light on it. Uh, it, it seems that that in our com- in, in the community that you've examined, it is rare that someone tries to affect change and doesn't go through some type of long term. I don't want to say suffering, but long term attention. Let's put it that way to what mm-hmm. they, to what they've done. Uh, traditionally, one might think it's possible that that there are people in the community who would want their children, let's put it that way, to not associate with the families or the children of those who've affected this change. Did anything like that, you know, surface during your uh, mm-hmm. during your research? Yeah, I think I think you're. That's exactly you know the crux of the film is is change from within <clears throat> and. You know, change from within is the most effective and sustainable way to make change because it's the people from within the community that can identify a need and then act to fill it rather than people from the outside coming in and saying, you don't know, you know, you guys are archaic and we're going to fix it for you. So, however, that type of change definitely is, is, is the hardest change because, like you're saying, the people who, who spearhead that change have to have to live with the consequences within their communities. They're, they're not leaving. They're staying. So, um, I think, are they living, you know, are they living normal lives now? Quotes around yes, the word. I mean, Oh, well, rookie Fryer, you know, the, the, the woman who's, who, who really spearheaded this whole effort, um, since 2013. While, while I, I will say this effort was, um, women have wanted to join for 30 years. Since, since Hasela was first started, there was supposed to be a women's division. 300 women were trained. And at the last minute, the Rabunum came out and said no. So anyway, but it, so it's been a dream for 30 years. But Rookie Fryer in 2013 really was the one that took over and made it happen. And she suffered a lot. You know, she, she really had to go through tremendous opposition. Um, you'll see in the film uh, of, of what she was up against, what her family was up against. But if you know Rookie, she's she's doing more than okay. You know, um, she really transcended that. She stayed strong, and I think when people realized that she was going to pull this off um, as a proud, Hasidic women, woman, there was very little that people could really do because no matter what she was going to do it uh she has great kids a supportive husband which is key you know you need to have the family support um and it it definitely took a toll on the family but they are they're doing really really well her fifth um child just got married you know two weeks ago you know everyone is everyone's doing well but she she went through a lot so there are people willing to marry into her family Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because that, of course, oh. is the typical. You know, that's the typical statement that. Uh, and that's and that's what a lot of people exactly um, asked her about that. Asked asked other women in, in the core about it, and not to say that again, the opposition did try to do a lot of sabotage, which you'll see in the film. It it, it wasn't you know far from an easy path. It was right. really really. Um, but she she came out of it. she came out. It's amazing what one person can do, huh? It's incredible. It really is. And I will go in further and say what what, what one woman can do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and 
whether this is, you know, controversial for your listeners or, you know, I mean, this is women's empowerment. This is, you know, a, a woman taking her community and, and not only affecting change for women, but for everyone, you know, like, look at what's coming out of what she's done. This is like the most positive story from the Hasidic community in a very long time that the secular world can, can, you know, have access to and celebrate and really, you know, relate to the Hasidic community. If you, and, if you, uh, if you have scenes, as you just described, of sabotage and opposition, isn't, isn't there some drawback to it? Isn't there some negative aspect to it that, uh, that you worry about? I think, you know, the struggle, it shows, it shows a human side and humanity is flawed. You know, I think a, a big misconception that the Hasidic community, the Orthodox community has is like, if you don't, you know, we need to always look perfect. And if we don't look perfect, that's, you know, that's going to be negative. But if you try to just look perfect, everybody knows that that, that, that that's not true. Right. You know, th- this shows a struggle, and it's a struggle that women and people all over the world can relate to. This is not just a story that, you know, um, is just a Hasidic story. Like, right. women trying to make space for themselves is going on everywhere. So um, while it takes place in a very particular place, it's very universal. Why is it called Ninety Three Queen? Well, you'll see. You'll see in the movie, <laughs> but I'll give you um, an insider peek into that. So the the FDNY um, assign assign Ezra Nashim that call sign. It's like Ninety Three Q Ninety Three Queen is their internal call sign if they're calling FDNY. Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> that's what the chief made up <laughs> literally literally made it on the spot or uh... he, yeah he like literally you know that's what he assigned them 93 q and i guess to be cute he's a 93 queen interesting all right this monday night i assume you're expecting a lot of people in our community to be glued to pbs huh <laughs> i sure hope so yeah <laughs> this coming monday night on the 17th of september uh you'll be able to enjoy uh, the um, uh, the film Ninety Three Queen. Paula Eiselt is the uh, is the um, pro- is the director of the film, and uh, and it should be a very very interesting uh, viewing. Everybody out there who has seen it that I've spoken to has found the film fascinating, to say the least. Some of people some people have called it the Rookie Friar story, but based on what you just told us, I don't know if that's illegitimate. Frankly, in many ways, it is her story, right? It is. It's her story, but it's it's also a community story um, at the same time. But she's, you know, she's the protagonist of the story. Right. It's her and many others. Yeah. And I just want to add um, that we are doing a ton of community screenings all throughout the fall and next year. Um, so if anyone would like to organize one, um, sometimes, you know, I come and we do a, a whole event around the screening. So if you go to 93queen.com, you can email us, and we're and we're organizing those. And the film will also be rolling out um, in Israel in December. Um, Look out for details on that. Uh, is the schedule online? Those the events that have already been put on the calendar, are they online? So the, the community events will be coming online. The other screenings that are happening still in theaters are there now. Right. But all the information will be online and on our Facebook page. So, does does uh, Rookie appear at any of them? Sometimes. Sometimes we'll that out. And what does it mean that you're doing an op documentary on Jewish identity? What's the angle on that? So that that's that's in development. Um, it it explores, you know, what what 
it means to be a Jew um, to many different Jews. It's a, it's a real diverse look at Judaism. Interesting. Um, through observance, through heritage, through race. Um, so hopefully that, that will be something, another conversation starter. Oh, I'd love to speak to you more about that. I mean, if you could be in touch with me, that would be amazing. I have so much. Definitely. I have so much to say on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of people do. So, uh, and especially now, especially now in 2018, there's so many more answers than there used to be to that question, in my opinion. Yes. Oh my God. It's very. It's uh, it's very timely with the whole. You know, we're talking a lot about identity and and who identifies as what and yeah. and. and and all that. Yeah, if you have an open mind on that question, it can be really fascinating. Uh, Paula, what a delight to speak to you. Happy, healthy, sweet New Year. I am among the people that will either be watching Monday night or will make sure to uh, DVR it so that I have it and uh, and can watch it afterwards. Uh, very much looking forward to it and so glad. You know, a lot of people out there, especially in this community, have choice words at times for things that PBS does. In this case, I think they did a really good thing. So we'll let them know that. Thank you. Please do. Thank really you, Paul. Appreciate that. Thank you, Paula, and good luck okay. to you. Thank you so much. Paula Eiselt is the director of 93 Queen. A lot of people in this audience know about it. Uh, the Ezra Nushim group that was uh, founded uh, back in the 2013, it became official in 2013, and now has made already an impact in our community, to say the least. And the documentary will be available for everybody on PBS Channel 13 this coming Monday night, 10 p.m. Um, I'm sure everyone will find it very interesting. Wednesday morning, it's some Gedalia morning. As we continue with plenty more, you're listening to JM in the AM. I 
wirst dich nicht ertrinken. Ei, du wirst dich nicht ertrinken.
J.M. in the A.M. Avramo, bring the house down. Words that uh, we certainly alluded to over Yontif. Yeah, you think about it. Uh, before that, his Yiddish medley here at J.M. Name. 8.34 in the morning, 26 minutes before the hour on this Wednesday. The very first J.M. in the A.M. of 5779. Pretty amazing, huh? Our incredible friend Simcha Felder, the Honorable Simcha Felder, is with us live via telephone. Between now and the end of Thursday, I will be reminding this audience, uh, both those who live in Brooklyn and outside of Brooklyn, because if you live outside of Brooklyn, you can remind the people in Brooklyn about this. I'll be reminding between now and the end of Thursday, the end of tomorrow, that there is a, uh, a primary going on. Simcha Felder, as you know, back in November of 2012, was first elected as a New York State Senator from the 17th District of the New York State Senate. He's been serving us proudly in that capacity since then, of course, before that uh, in the New York City Council and a variety of uh, wonderful positions in, in government. And I want to remind this audience how incredible a leader the Honorable Simcha Felder is for our community and for the people, all the people that he serves in his district. Keep that in mind as you go to the polls tomorrow. There'll be polls tomorrow that will include uh, Simcha Felder's name uh, for state senate. And you should remember and uh, keep in mind and spread the word that we should make sure to, um, uh, to pull the lever or fill in the blank or fill in the box as they do now. Uh, for Simcha, and make sure he represents the Democratic primary, Democratic Party in the uh, in the general election coming up in November. Uh, the Honorable Simcha Felder, a happy, healthy, and sweet New Year to you. And thank you, Amen. A happy and healthy, sweet New Year to you, your family, and of course all your listeners. Much appreciated. How has the race been so far? I'm sure it's not easy having Yuntif right in the middle. How have things been over the last few weeks? Well, I think uh, that will be determined, uh, God willing, on Thursday. I think uh, the issue at hand is the fact that since Tuesday was Rosh Hashanah and 9-11, we, in fact, it was my bill, we passed the law to change the primary date to Thursday, which is not a common day for voting. Right. And primary day itself is not a day where many, many people come out to vote. So the difficulty that I'm facing, as well as, I think, other candidates that are running, that have been uh, really messengers for this community and been able to do good things for the people of New York, uh, in and outside of Brooklyn, I, I talk about my getting rid of the bag tax, not because that's my lifelong accomplishment, but the fact is that I still think that people in New York are overtaxed, over-ticketed, and overfined, and that bag tax was just a symbol of it. So they're going to be running on Thursday when many, many, many people just don't remember, don't realize Thursday at all is a voting day. Right. Tuesday is a voting day. Not to, and then add to that the fact that Baruch Hashem, it's in the middle of it's a busy time. People started school, uh, taking care of their children, getting them off the new school year. As well as their own school, people have been very busy doing mitzvahs, and uh, it's just a hectic time. It's a, it's an, 
I, I mentioned to someone recently that somebody asked my father, the Korean Sadler Brook, once what the best time of the year was. He said Yom Kippur. <laughs> I tell you, I, I still don't understand it to this day, but he said that, what do you mean? You get a chance to have a clean slate. It's, it's unbelievable. So, but but it's, a, it's a stressful time, I think, for most people because of many different reasons, and I can't urge your listeners enough to go out and vote wherever they live, whether they whether I represent them or not. But there's a primary in, on Thursday for governor, for attorney general, for a lot of other positions. And the apathy that's been shown to uh, appear over and over, even when it was on Tuesdays, uh, people in New York City, for example, know that if they win the primary, it's the equivalent of winning the election. Right. I will be on the Republican, conservative, and independent lines, irrespective of Thursday's outcome. But I certainly want to win that primary and send a strong message from us, from this district that we represent and that we try to do our best for, that we don't care about party lines. We only care about getting things done that are helpful for New Yorkers, it doesn't matter what somebody's called a Republican or called a Democrat or called something else. Are we delivering what's supposed to be done? Are we taking care of safety and security in the schools? They've been hammering me because I said that the, the tickets that are given for lights should not be given unless the money goes to protect schools. Right. Yeah, so, okay, I guess I'm the devil because I want to protect kids with the money that they claim is protecting kids. Yeah. No question about it. That's a very, very, very good example, in fact. The Honorable Simcha Felder is with us live via telephone. Simcha and I keep referring to uh, this year's primary day as Thursday, as if it's days away. Remember, everybody, today is Wednesday. Tzom Gedalia. Primary day is tomorrow. If we go according to the tradition, the polls will be open in New York between 6 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern time. Again, I say that because people... All around the world should be re- it should be reminding everybody in Brooklyn, New York, and other areas important to us to get out and vote tomorrow. Again, 6 a.m. until 9 p.m. You'll have an opportunity tomorrow, tomorrow, to vote for Simcha Felder and to make sure that he wins the Democratic primary. He just explained why it's so important and so symbolic and even more than just symbolic for him to uh, carry that banner into the general election coming up in November. We encourage everybody to get out there tomorrow and vote. And Simcha... Uh, moments ago, you, uh, you you mentioned some of the things you've done and some of the things you've introduced to really help or try to help, depending on your colleagues' assistance, uh, the people of New York. Uh, we also have to point out that uh, every community leader of note has been out there at the forefront reminding all of us what you've done for our community and how you will do what is best for our community. And if you make a decision or if you're out there putting your political life on the line, uh, you will do so if it is for the betterment in the long run of our community, and that can't be overlooked. I'm sure you're enjoying the support of many political leaders in tomorrow's primary. And I um, certainly just want to add to what you said is that I certainly try. I can't say that I always succeed, but that, that's my goal. I always try. And in terms of the community, I think what's, what's important is if the average person in the district goes out and votes, that's what's important to me. It's not that it's not important to have many, many community leaders, rabbis, 
school administrators, others who have been the beneficiaries to being able to help their congregants or their constituents or their parents. But what's most important is the message that this Thursday's election can send, which is that it doesn't matter what your party affiliation is. If you have an elected official that's trying to do the best for the district that he represents or she represents, they deserve to be reelected, whether people on the progressive left are infuriated <laughs> that I sit with Republicans. And that's what this is all about. My opponent has made it clear that this is supposed to be a referendum on the Orthodox Jewish community, but that's not what it's really about. What it's really about is that he, he is, and people like him are, upset that we don't believe that party affiliation is some sort of religious observance and that you have to be a Democrat or you have to be a Republican or you have to caucus with one or the other. The goal is to try to do what's right. And God willing, I thank you for letting me spend a little time share share with your listeners. And I hope that whether they're in Brooklyn in my district or not, they should certainly go out and vote themselves. But call somebody, maybe somebody you haven't called in a while, <laughs> and you have a chance to wish them a good year and uh, tell them to please go out and vote on Thursday. All right. Tomorrow's the day, everybody. Tomorrow is primary day. Make sure to vote. Vote early. Get it done early in the morning. Again, tomorrow is primary day. Our dear friend and wonderful community representative and great leader, the Honorable Simcha Felder, seeks re-election for the New York State Senate. There is no reason why our community should not send them back to Albany with a tremendous victory. Let's start with tomorrow, primary day. Make sure to get out and vote. Simcha, we wish you the best of luck. Happy, healthy, sweet New Year. And this really has the potential to be an amazing start for the year for all of us with your leadership. So good luck tomorrow. Amen. Thank you very much. There he is, the Honorable Simcha Felder. Look for the name Felder. Simple as that. F-E-L-D-E-R. If you see it on your ballot, you know who you're supposed to vote for. Wednesday morning broadcast, one day away from primary day. Today's Tzom Gedalia, an easy fast to everybody. 16 minutes before 9 o'clock.
J.M. and the A.M. Uh, Rogers Park from an album entitled Petersburg. That's called the uh, Nigun Hisvados, brand new. Uh, before that, Yonatan Sheinfeld with Zalchreinu and Shlomo Kalbach with Zalchreinu. Words we add, of course, uh, in uh, the uh, specific um, additions that we make to our tefillah, to our prayers during the Aserah Shemay Tshuva. That's Zalchreinu Lachayim. Yeah, there are many of those, of course. Hope everyone remembers that. It's Wednesday on this Tzom Gedalia, everybody. Fast of Gedalia. Hope it's going fast for you, no matter where you are. We'll wrap things up for a JM in the AM Wednesday with uh, Yaakov Shweki at JM in the AM. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSegal.com and the NahumSegal Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Tzom Gedalia Wednesday, the very first JM in the AM of 5779. Wishing everybody Gmarch Simatova, happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. And, of course, we're back tomorrow morning starting at 6 a.m. Keep it here, of course. 
You've got a, a full schedule, a full Wednesday schedule, including Avrami's live lunch coming up at 11 o'clock Eastern time. Do we have Bite Size next? Encore presentation of Bite Size comes up next. Avrami, 11 o'clock live with the live with the Wednesday live lunch. Have a fabulous Wednesday and an easy fast. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. Mm-hmm.